started this series called Remind Me last week, and, and we're simply taking a few weeks here as we start the new year to remind ourselves why we're here, to remind ourselves uh, what it means to be Christ followers and what God has called us as a church family to do and who we are supposed to be. And uh, last week I kind of set us up for the, for the next couple messages by sharing with you the importance of 2014 being a year that we can speak with authority. Come on, how many know that the church of Christ, people who follow God, we have some authority through our relationship with God, and, uh, and we need to be able to, come on, yeah, that's worth, that's worth shouting about a little bit. There's some energy in here this morning. I like it. That makes me, and you all notice the miracle. I prayed that the leprosy would leave the, that row, and it's full this week. So I'm just saying, if you got anything you need prayed for this morning, I... I'm just saying it worked. All right, so, and I'm really humble. All right. <laughs> By the way, when somebody says, I'm really humble, that is the first indication that they ain't. All right. So, that's how we say it in the South. It ain't. All right. So, I talked about if we want to speak with authority as God's people, if we want to have authority in the message that we're responsible for bringing to the world around us. There's a few things that we need. There's some things that we need as a church family. And I shared with you last week that we need clear vision and clear values. And, and that's what we spent all of last week talking about was vision and values. We talked about how here at True Life Church, the vision, the big picture of, of our preferred outcome is that we get as many people as possible who don't follow Christ to find a life-giving relationship with him and to become fully devoted followers of him. And we talked about how if we're going to have authority, we need a clear mission and that's what we're going to hang out on today and there actually is a difference between the two i'll tell you about that next week i'm going to talk about the other thing that we need and that is a clear path to partnership if i'm going to come to a church and call it my church home and my church family how do i do more than just be somebody who shows up and fills a seat on sunday i want to have skin in the game i want to be a partner i want to have uh, you know i want to have some ownership here what does that look like how can i have that it's actually pretty easy here to do that, and I'm going to talk to you about it next week. You, you don't have to be a spiritual ninja or a Bible scholar to, to do that here. It's pretty simple. There's a, there's a sh- Listen, when you go to the, the big public pool, I take my kid to the YMCA in the summer. We buy a, a membership in the summer so that, that we can go swim there. And guess what? There's a shallow end and there's a deep end. And guess what we're committed to as a church? When people want to get involved and they want to serve, but maybe they're young in their walk with Christ or they're not really even sure what the whole church thing is about, we want to always create a shallow end. We want to create a place where people can kind of just get their feet wet and figure it out a little bit before they have to go jumping into the deep end. And and, uh, nobody's going to pull you up next to the 10-foot side of the pool and throw you in without floaties. We're going to take care of you. We're going to help you figure it out. Amen? All right. So we'll talk about that next week, having a clear path to partnership. And, and so last week we talked about that vision, leading people to a life-giving relationship with Jesus and becoming fully devoted followers. And we actually talked about our values, and I phrased it kind of a fun way. We talked about what the perfect true lifer would look like. And, and if I were just a and, – and we know that none of us are capable of perfection, but we are capable of letting the Holy Spirit perfect us and work on us every day. And so we talked about what would that look like, what are – what are the things that I can aim for that would help me be the best version of a member of this church family that I can possibly be? And we talked about having a commitment to authenticity, being an authentic Christ follower. We talked about being passionate for relevance and conditioning our heart for acceptance. That when people come to True Life Church, you can belong. You can be a part of the family even before you believe everything that we believe here. Uh, we talked about being enjoyable. Come on, church should be fun, somebody. People should throw stuff that glows in the dark at you on Christmas. 
They should do that. And then we talked about my, really the one I'm really fired up about as we get ready to start our season of prayer and fasting. It starts next Sunday, 21 days of prayer and fasting. We'll have all kinds of information to hand you next Sunday as we start that. Um, is that we need to be a place that's hungry for the power of God. And we need to be hungry for God to show up and do the stuff that we can't do. You know, we can set up stages and sound systems and play music and create cool programs for kids and serve coffee and all those things. But those things don't change lives. The power of God changes lives. And the only way he shows up and does that here is if we're just intent and hungry for him to show up and do that. And so we're going to start the year with 21 days of asking God to show up and do miracles in our midst. I'm fired up about it. Are you? All right. It's going to be good. It's going to be great. So this week, I want to remind ourselves, what is the mission at True Life? And I'm going to talk pretty quick today because we started late for those who were trying to get here on icy roads. So I'm going to move through this pretty quickly. And then I'm going to ask you to help because the, the guys do have a skeleton crew today. So anybody who can hang out and help us tear down and get the trailer loaded, if you're physically able, we, will, we need you today. All right, this is, you are officially recruited as of now. Welcome to the teardown team. All right, so... We'll, we'll use any help we can get. If you've got places to be, don't feel guilty. If you've got lunches to get to, you go do your thing. But if you're able to help, we need you. Jesus said the, there should be a result of having a life with him, of following him. It should do something. It should create something. And, and I want to look at this passage that is it's one of my favorite passages in Scripture. It's important here to our church family. It's a big part of who we are. And if you attend here regularly, you've heard me share this passage Many, many times it comes from John 10.10. And in this scripture, Jesus tells us what the result should be of having a life with him. He's actually in a debate with, uh, with some Pharisees and religious leaders at the time. And he takes a jab at them and calls them all a bunch of evil people and, and thieves. And, and he, there's a duality to his, uh, to his tone here where he's saying that, that the enemy, Satan, he is a thief, but he's also basically saying, hey, you religious leaders that you've made it all about rules and regulations and not about having a relationship with the creator of the universe, you're all a bunch of thieves too. And, uh, and so the, he's kind of taking a jab at them, and he says this, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. Jesus says, but I came that they may have life. Who's they? Us. Come on. Let's, let's, We've got to wake up this morning. Come on. Who's they? It's us. All right. So he says, I came that they may have life, everybody, and have it abundantly. And there's a couple different translations that on that word abundantly. One says a rich and satisfying life. Another one says life to the full. And they're all accurate. The Greek word is a word called perisos. And it actually means like to have an unfair advantage, an unfair advantage, God's favor on your life. We're supposed to have this abundant rich and satisfying life to the full that should be the result of following Christ. And you've probably heard me use this scripture before because I, I love it. And it, it's so important here because what you might not know is John 10.10 10 actually has a huge role in forming who we are as a church. And even our name and our mission came from spending some time studying what that scripture is all about. Before I get into that, though, I want to share some, some differences with you because you might be thinking, well, if our vision is to reach uh, people with a, and, and see them have a life-giving relationship with Jesus, become fully devoted followers, isn't that the mission too? How do the mission and the vision differ from each other? And so I just want to kind of want to explain how those differ from each other for us as a church. And the way I'm going to do that is I'm going to kind of tell you what each of those answers. I'm going to phrase it as a question. 
So, so let me say it this way. Vision answers the question, who do we want to become? What is the picture of our preferred future? And that picture is as many people as possible who didn't know Jesus, finding Jesus, getting plugged into a local church family and serving him with all their hearts. That's the picture of the preferred future, partnering with the local church to change the world. What are our values? Our values answer the question, how do we want to live? What matters to us uniquely as a church? That's our values. And that's to be authentic, relevant, accepting, enjoyable, powerful. And then we get to True Life's mission. And our mission here answers this question. What are we here to do? What do we want people to experience when they come to a service, event, or small group at True Life for the first time? And I would say it this way. Mission drives culture. You know, a lot of, I've heard a lot of people talk about there being a lack of vision, people having a lack of vision. I don't know that I necessarily agree with that. You know, most of us grow up with people talking about vision from the time that we're very little. You remember? Everybody's had this question, what do you want to be when you grow up? Whatever the answer to that question is, that's vision. Mission helps you figure out how you're going to accomplish it. What are you going to do? To get there, and I think we spend, a, I think we have a whole generation who's arrived at adulthood full of vision with no plan, and then frustrated because I'll ask people, what What do you want to do with your life? Oh man, I, I want to be a, I want to be a great entrepreneur, and and I want to build great business and all. The, awesome. What's the plan? Who Who are you? How do you differentiate yourself? Well, I don't know. I just want it to happen. Well, that ain't gonna work. Having a, having a great idea and a great picture doesn't mean, doesn't mean anything. I mean, I had a great picture of what church could look like in a movie theater. Guess what? If we hadn't made a plan to raise money and buy the stuff and build a team and get it all here, that's mission. And so who are we as a church? What do we want people to experience when they come? And mission, for us, drives culture. I would actually say this. They all work together, vision, values, and mission. You have to have all three working in harmony for us to have any shot at becoming the kind of church that God has called us to be. Okay, so let me get back to mission for us. The mission and the name of our church, they're actually tied to each other. And I think that it's important for us to know because the name doesn't really even make complete sense unless you know the mission. And here's how it came into being. If the result of life in Christ is supposed to be an abundant life, life to the full, a rich and satisfying life. There was tension in that for me because I see a lot of people who are Christ followers and definitely a lot of people who aren't, who are not enjoying a rich and satisfying life to the full. I know a lot of Christians who don't live an abundant life. And so for me, I was going, how do we come alongside people? How do we How do we help people get in the place where they can experience this life that ought to be the result of loving Jesus and serving Jesus? And I I just think it's possible that we've done a great job of talking about vision without doing the work of the mission. And and, and that you've got to have both. Mission is work. And we talk about vision our whole lives, but we forget to talk about mission sometimes. So here's where... Here's where mission comes from for us. Vision for us is driven by the Great Commission. Mission for us is driven by the Great Commandment. Let me say that again just so it's clear. Vision for us comes from the Great Commission. Go into all the world and make disciples. (laughs) Just win everybody. That's Jesus' last 
instructions to us before he leaves. Mission for us is driven by the great commandment. And that's how we figure out how we, what's it going to feel like when somebody comes to True Life Church on a Sunday morning. What's going to make this place unique and different? That's where we get mission from. And I want to show you what that great commandment is. It's actually another debate that Jesus is having with religious leaders. It's in Matthew chapter 22. And one of them says, he's trying to trick Jesus. He says, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law, all the law and, and prophets hang on these two commandments. In other words, Jesus is saying, if you can't figure out these two, nothing else works. You got to be in love with him and you got to be in love with people. Because when we're in love with God, when we have a, a loving relationship with Jesus Christ, we begin to love the same thing he loves. And guess what he's invested in? It's people, others. And so I've heard it said this way a lot of times, and, and it becomes cliche because you've heard it so many times, but it's really very true. The mission is simple. It's about loving God and loving people. If we can get those two things right, we, we've got a good shot at doing some really good stuff together. And I would say this, we can't invite people to help accomplish the Great Commission as a church. We can't say, hey, come with us. Help us make disciples. Help us win people. Help us lead people to a life-giving relationship with Jesus Christ. We cannot do that. We can't invite people on that journey without first modeling the great commandment, and that's to be radically in love with God and in love with each other. It takes both. The vision, I actually think, hinges on the mission. They're forever connected, and it takes all of us. Everybody say, all of us. It takes all of us getting in this thing together to make it happen. We got here by asking, how do we help people find abundant life, true life? How do we do it? And so from that great commandment comes this slogan that we, you see it really everywhere on all of our printed materials, and it's actually, it comes from our mission statement. So here, here's our mission statement. If you're following along in written notes, and, and we hand those out on the way in on Sundays, by the way, and I, I strongly suggest... I'm going to sound a little sarcastic here. I'm sorry it's my personality. I'm not trying to offend anybody. Why would you come and listen to somebody talk for 30 or 40 minutes and not have a way to record the information and take it home and digest it? I mean, shouldn't, shouldn't we do that? I mean, if it really matters to us and it's really going to change our lives, shouldn't we do that? So I, I just, you, you do whatever you want. There's no, no guilt, no pressure. But my suggestion, and I made this change in my life, and it, it radically changed the way I learned God's word and applied things to my life. I was never going to go to a church service and listen to someone talk or go to any kind of conference or meeting without having a way to take notes and record what God was saying to me in that, because I'm going to forget. I'm just going to forget. So we try to make it easy for you with the fill in the blanks. You don't have to use those. We have the version app where you can follow along, or maybe you just want to get your phone out and type some notes, do whatever. Um, it doesn't make you a bad Christian if you don't. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying, if you're going to spend the time here, why not make it worth your while after you leave? Come on, somebody. You with me? Shouldn't it matter after Sunday's over? All right, good. All right, so some of you are like, I don't want to take notes. That's like, like going to school. I don't want to go to school. All right, here's the mission. If you talk like that, you're weird. All right, here's the mission. At True Life Church, our mission is to create environments where everyone, everyone, and by everyone, I really mean everyone, every ethnic background, 
man, woman, boy, girl, every age, where everyone can find friends, find God, and find true life. That's why we're here. That's what we want. When somebody comes to true life and experiences one of our services, small groups, or events for the first time, you know what we're hoping happens is that they have an opportunity to find friends, find God. And it's actually like a, it's an, it's like a math problem. It's an equation because Jesus said, love God, love people. That's where we make the connection with abundant living, life to the full. And so our whole mission statement is around this theory that if we can help people connect genuinely in community with other people who love Jesus, and if we can help people connect genuinely with the God of the universe, and we get those two things working together, you're going to find true life, baby. And that's, wh- that's why the, n- the name of the church is True Life Church, because we want to help people find the best version of life that they can possibly live. And it comes from getting connected to God and getting connected to each other. Come on, does that resonate with anybody this morning? That is who, that's why we're here. We want to find friends, find God, find true life. And if all of us will commit to that mission, we can confidently call our community our family, our coworkers, our neighbors, to come experience church with us. Because you know what it gives you the power to say now? If we're all in on it together, if we're all committed to the mission together, you can look anybody in the eye and say, you got to come experience this with me. And they say, why? Because you'll find life here. And it doesn't get any better than that. Come on, do you feel that? I mean, do you, I, I, like, I feel like the Holy Spirit settled into the room right when I said that. You can find life here, man. If we get it right, that's what we create for people, an environment where they can find life. My wife and I, you've heard me tell the story. We got to be a part of a really cool church before we left Jacksonville, Florida to come here and plant True Life. And, and it was actually because we were at that church that the ideas and the dreams of planting a church here started to happen. It was a life-giving environment, much like we're trying to create here. There's many things that we kind of try to model from the culture there. Because it was so powerful and so life-changing. But there was one thing that took me a long time to get on board with. It, I thought it was the cheesiest thing I had ever seen. In a, now, this church was, I mean, you, our band is good and it's loud. Imagine a room with like a couple thousand people and it looks like a concert. There's lights just, there's smoke and fog and stuff. Flat. I mean, it's like, it is a concert for Jesus on Sundays. And I love it, by the way. We're going to do the same thing here someday when we have the resources to add all that stuff. Come on, somebody. All right. <clears throat> this, is, this is okay, but this is, this is chump change compared to where we're going. I just need you to know that. And it was, I mean, it was awesome. But the, we would end every service, and the name of that church was Celebration Church. Why? Because the mission there was to make life a celebration of what Christ had done. That was the, our mission here, find friends, find God, find life. There it was about, let's celebrate the goodness of God. That's the, that was the culture there. And we would end every church service with our pastor. Everything's done, altar call's done. And our pastor would get up on stage, and he would say, all right, everybody, it's time to celebrate. And he would go, hip, hip. And the whole church would go, hooray, hip, hip, hooray, hip, hip, hooray. And I remember the first couple times I went there, I, I loved the whole service. And we got to that, and I was like, <laughs> I look at my wife. I'm like, I am, there is no way I will worship. I will lift my hands. I will clap. But I, I will never hip, hip, hooray. <laughs> that is the dumbest. I mean, I could not. 
And so we were there for several years. And, you know, a couple years into it, I found, I, I caught myself, man, at the end of the service. And it, I was like, I was like, I'll give him a pity fist bump just so it looks like I'm in with everybody. You know, hip, hip. Hip, hip. Hip, hip. I'm just, you know, I'm doing the lip sync. And the more we became a part of the culture and we became a part of the church family, it, there was a, after a couple of years, guess guess what? Even though I thought it was just so, but the, I, at the end of that service, because it was a celebration of the goodness of God, and by so so after a couple of years of being there, guess what? At the end of service, I'm hip hip hooray, hip hip hooray, hip hip hooray, I'm like yeah, it was awesome. Powerful. Why do people get on board with stuff? Because when the when the when the life of a church and a life giving culture and the mission gets in you, it becomes it becomes contagious. And so I don't know if you know this, but there's a corny little cheer that we do here. Our life team, y'all ready? Life team. They they do it every week, and I think it's time we make it a little bit more a part of the life of our church. I got to give props to the lead team, Kristen Brownlee. She's over there serving kids. And these guys, they came up, it was their idea, they came up with it, I didn't even think of it. But every Sunday before a lot of you get here, before church starts, our life team gathers around together in a big circle and we pray for the service and we talk about what's going to happen and then we end by saying, find friends, find God, find life. And we do this big cheer together and then we all just go crazy because we're excited about what God's going to do with us on that Sunday. It's fun. It's awesome. And so here's what we're going to do. We're going we're gonna to do it together as a church family. And if you say, hey, I'm in. I'm all in, man. I think it's awesome. I want to be a part of a mission where we create environments where people can find friends, find God, and find life. I want to be a part of that. Then get ready, baby, because we're going to go for it right now. Are you ready? All right, I'm going to say find. You're going to say friends. I'm going to say find. You're going to say God. I'm going to say find, and you're going to say life. All right, it's not that hard. We're, I'm going to give you a couple chances at it, though. All right, you ready? Here we go. You ready? You ready? Fine. 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 All right. Not bad. Let's do it again. We got it. We can do better. We can do better. All right. So if you're here for the first time today, you are freaking out right now. And I get it. I understand. Because that's how I felt my first hip hip hooray. I was like, hip hip hooray? How do you go from a concert to hip hip hooray? All right. Are you ready? Here we go. Fine. 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 Life. There we go. Come on, everybody. That's who we are. That's who God has called us to be. And get, get, just get used to it. We're going to use that a little bit more often around here. You know, you know, it's foolish, but God said he uses the foolish things to confound the wise. It's through the, the innocence of just trusting God with silly things that God shows up and does miracles in churches like this. Come on. Are you with me this morning? So you say, I'm all in then. I want to be a part of creating environments where people can find friends and find God. And if they do, we know they'll find life. What, how do I apply that to my life? How do I use that? How, what, what can I change? What can I do when I leave here today? When, when I'm in church, when I'm at True Life or at a small group or at an event, how can I affect the culture around me and help create this environment where people can find friends and find God? I'm really glad you're asking because I'm going to tell you. <laughs> you're such a curious bunch so let's talk about finding friends 
How do we create an environment where people can find friends? And, and I think there's a great example for us in 1 Peter chapter 4. I'm going to read it to you from two different translations. We're going to use that to give us some perspective. And we're going to talk about what comes out of this scripture to create a culture, create an environment where people can find friends. 1 Peter 4, 8 and 10. I'm a little out of breath, you know, after the big cheer. I haven't been running enough. All right. <clears throat> Here we go. It says, most important of all, continue to show deep love. And if you're on the written notes, I'd underline deep love. If you're using version, maybe save that. Continue to show deep love for who? For each other. For love covers a multitude of sins. Now, let me just pause there for a second. Why does he say love needs to cover a multitude of sins? Because in a church family, there's going to be a multitude of sins. It's going to happen. You're going to hurt somebody's feelings. I'm going to hurt somebody's feelings. Somebody's going to do something dumb. Somebody's going to get divorced. Somebody's kids are going to go crazy. And can I just, I'm going to be a little forceful with this, all right? At True Life Church, love covers that stuff. We don't gossip about it. We don't Facebook about it. We're not that church. We're the church where love covers a multitude of sins. That's a good place for an amen. Because here's the deal. Some of you are sitting in church today, and you're going, man, if you only knew how messed up my life really is. I can never really be a part of a church family because I don't deserve it. I'm not worthy. I'm kind of a mess. No, at True Life Church, you're like everybody else. We're all kind of messed up. We've all got some junk that we're dealing with. And as bad as you think you are, I guarantee you, everybody else in the room could easily find a way and a reason to say they're just as bad as you are. But aren't you glad that Jesus Christ came to the cross and we're perfected through his blood that, he, that God doesn't look at us and see our past. That's a different message. All right. Love covers a multitude of sins. Cheerfully share your home with those who need a meal or a place to stay. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Now, I want to read the same passage just for some more perspective in the message version, and then we're going to talk about a few things that help us create a culture where people find friends. First Peter 4, 8 to 10 in the message. Most of all, love each other as if your life depended on it. Love makes up for practically anything. Be quick to give a meal to the hungry, a bed to the homeless, cheerfully. Be generous with different things God gave you, passing them around so all get in on it. So all get in on it. You know, there, there are some people who attend our church, and before you came here, you were lonely. And I got to challenge you with something. Don't you dare become the person who thinks, this is, I'm good now, I'm comfortable, I'm safe in my church family. And, and you know what, I really don't even, my small group's great, I don't even want anybody else. I don't want anybody to come into my circle and join me here, because this, this feels good. How, how, what about the person who's lonely like you were before you got here? What about, why why are we so special that we can hoard it all to ourselves? Man, we got to open up cheerfully. Are you getting this this morning, man? This has to be a place where anybody can walk in on any given day and find a friend. I don't care what the story is. I don't care what they did or how bad or how messed up they are. So, So three things that we can do 
to create a culture where people can find friends. Here's the first one. we got to love deeply. Love deeply. Like there, when we come to church on Sunday, there ought to be a genuine love in our, it's a supernatural thing that you can't even, you can't even figure it out. It's just like, if people are here, you love them. Doesn't, doesn't matter who they are or how much you have in common. You got, you got the fact that you're a sinner and Jesus can save you in common. That's enough. We need to love deeply, love each other deeply, watch out for each other, have each other's backs. Can I just say, some of you need to hear this today. True Life Church is not an I put up with you because I have to kind of church. It's a we are a Jesus loves you and I love you and we're both a little messed up kind of church. I'm going to say again because y'all didn't amen me. We're not a I put up with you because I have to kind of church. We're a Jesus loves you and I love you and we're both a little messed up. We're going to figure it out together kind of church. Amen. We're not a gossip church. Mm-hmm. We're not a talk bad about everybody else's issues or tear people down kind of church. We're an iron sharpens iron, build each other up in the spirit, encourage each other, find each other's gifts, let's go do it together kind of church. We're not a I've got my little crew, I'm good now, my four and no more church, that's not us. We're a who's hurting, who's lonely, who's in need, who's a new face I can say hi to, reach the whole world for Jesus kind of church, somebody. Come on. Are you with, can we help, can we be a place where people can find friends? I'm a little fired up. And maybe you're sitting there this morning and, listen, I'm not, if you're an, like, if you're naturally an introvert, I'm not trying to change who you are. It's okay to be naturally introverted. But there's just, there's one or two people out there who need you. And all of us need to connect with a couple of people as well. I'm not, I'm not asking you to become the greeter at the door who smiles and high fives. But I know that's not everybody's personality. But all of us can be used to find somebody who needs a new relationship. Find friends. We must, we must, we must go to God and prayerfully ask him to develop his heart in us. When we do that, we become a place where people can find relationships, find friends. Love deeply. Number two, give freely. It's going to be a place where people can find friends. We've got to give freely. Giving freely will drive you to do crazy stuff like buy a bus so you can bring your whole neighborhood to church. They all rode a bus to church this morning. That happened here. But do you realize... Do you know how cool I feel around my pastor friends right now? I'm like, so what's going on in your church? Oh, yeah. I'm not even listening. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah? We had a family that was bringing so many people to church, they bought a bus so they could bring more. <laughs> what? <laughs> that happened here. It's happening here. Do you realize that? I was, ta- I was hanging out with a guy yesterday, spent all day yesterday building a new relationship, and I told him that story, and I just said, man, if you can't sell vision with a story like that, you just need to pack it in. <laughs> just, just quit. Giving freely will lead you to open your home and invest in the life of a young person who needs a fresh start. Guess what? That's happening here. We have, we have, I know of three scenarios right now and, and a, several more where it's been offered 
where somebody who just needed to be able to hit the reset button on their life got invited into the home of somebody who's in a better situation and was given the opportunity to start fresh and get things on track. Come on, that's what the family of God does for each other. When we do that kind of stuff, we can find friendships. We can find real relationships. Giving freely will make you fill your living room with strangers when a small group semester starts. Even though you're freaked out, what do I have to say to these people? Nothing. We'll give you a video to show. You don't have to say anything. Just open your home up on the off chance that maybe God can use you to touch someone's life. You should be aware of a change we're making here. We've already made it. We just haven't really said it that much publicly. Brian, come here. Joel, come up here real quick, just real fast. Hurry, go quick. Brian has done an outstanding job over the last year, year and a half of getting our small group ministry started and established. If you lead a small group, you went through training with Brian. Didn't he do a great job, everybody? Brian's awesome. Brian, Brian came to me a little bit ago. I wish you were shorter. <clears throat> Brian came to me, came to me several months ago. He's like, man, my heart's changing. I really feel like there's some other areas where I could do a better job. I could... I could be more passionate. I could be more exciting. And um, like any good pastor, I, I flipped out and I said, no, you got to finish what you start. No, I didn't do that. I said, awesome. Let's figure it out. Let's get you there. And so Brian has actually moved into a new role now. We call him our Sunday experience director. And his job is to oversee any team that has anything to do with creating the overall Sunday experience. So greeters, ushers, uh, people who make coffee, people who set up lamps and tie ropes. And, and all his job is to help build those teams, organize those teams, make sure that the Sunday experience is as good as possible. And I got to say, the, the health of the, and the culture that's on Sunday mornings, and here's why, because he's like fixing stuff instead of me showing up and being like, why is, that go- why is the coffee not going yet? <laughs> so he's like, there's a buffer now between me <laughs> and everybody else. They were, I thought they would laugh at that. All right. Now I just say that to Brian, so nobody else has to hear that. All right. So he's in that role now. And that, so Joel, and he's actually stepping into, and I know his wife's going to be helping him. I should have made Janelle come up to you. Sorry, Janelle. Love you. Cool headband. Um, <laughs> there you go. She knitted that in a small group. So Joel's going to be actually stepping into the, the position of leading small groups. Uh, we have a semester starting February 16th. All right. So... If you have any interest at all in leading a group, you need to get with Joel. You need to talk with him. Let's get you trained. It's, what's a successful small group look like? It's two or more people hanging out on a weekly basis. And you can do anything. You can go ride bikes together. You can run together. You can knit together. You can read the Bible together. You can study a book together. You can play video games together. All we, all we ask is that you, you include Jesus in the scenario somehow. So I just want you to know who's who, all right? So something you don't like on Sunday Brian, lose my email address. All right. <laughs> Small groups, Joel, come on, give my hand, you guys. You guys are awesome. <clears throat> Giving freely will make you do stuff. It'll make you do crazy stuff like buy a bus, like open your home, like host a small group. I, I put this in my notes because I really feel like this came from God while I was preparing. Having a heart that gives freely will make you look for excuses to give instead of looking for religious loopholes to make you feel less guilty about never giving. Because that, that's what religion does to us. We start seeing everything black and white, rules, regulations, 
well, do I really need to give? Do I really need to be generous? Because, listen, you can bend a scripture to fit whatever you want. But can I just tell you, we don't reach people without resources. And the church doesn't grow without generosity. So, so if we're going to create environments where as many people as possible can find friendships and relationships, it, it requires generous giving. It just, it just has to be a part of the deal. And if you're all in at true, because I don't have any income, then don't, don't worry about it. But if you're all in and this is home for you, man, put some, we need you to put some skin in the game. Make an investment. Take some ownership. Help us out a little bit. A, a dollar is better than zero. It just is. Come on, come on, somebody. That's, that's as life-giving a way as I know how to say that to you guys. I mean, I could just stand up here, but don't be a freeloader. I would never say, even though I just said it, I would never say that in all seriousness. I would never, I would never lead that way or, or teach that way. But we need you. We need everybody to have some ownership and have some skin in the game so we can be a place where people find friends. So give freely. Love deeply, give freely. Here's the last one for finding friends. Serve cheerfully. Serve cheerfully. I don't know if they're here today, but have you had a chance to meet Linda Reale? Anybody know who Linda is? I mean, somebody tell that lady she doesn't have to smile all the time. I mean, I, I mean, she smiles about as often as her husband wears long pants to church. I mean, it's that's all the time, by the way. If they're here, I don't know if they're here. They may not have braved the weather. If they were here, seriously, as soon as service is over, she'd be talking to people, and then she'd be down here collecting stuff out of cup holders. Even on a day she's not scheduled to serve, she'd be down here serving with the biggest smile you've ever seen on her face. Why? Because some people have just learned the value of serving cheerfully. It's, it's fun to be a part of what God's doing. Have, have you met Onar? Or Bonnie? Same person. I mean... How can anyone be that happy making coffee? I'm seriously. We we actually, Bonnie, I don't know if you're in here or if you're serving with kids today, but we actually made it, we joke that if Bonnie shows up, she's serving. Like you can't tell her. We tried to do this big life team Christmas party where we told people, you're not allowed to serve. We could not keep the woman out of the kitchen. She's like, I'm helping. No, you're not helping. Yes, I and she's smiling the whole time. Serve cheerfully. The Bible says it's better to give than to receive. Have you met our setup crew? I mean, how is it possible that at 7 a.m. in the freezing cold or in the blazing heat of summer, at 7 a.m. in this old movie theater, there's a room filled with laughter guys who love each other, doing the work of the ministry together, and and they want to be here. <laughs> Trevor. How's that? Because somebody's found the, the joy of serving cheerfully. Okay. So I, I can just say, if, if serving kind of makes you go... Don't, don't until you work that out in your heart. Jesus will soften your heart. He'll work all that out. You, 
you talk to him, you pray, you get some people in your life who can mentor you and, and help you figure that out. But when you, when you figure it out, when you unpack it, that I can serve people and it's fun, your life goes to a whole other level. And so if we're going to create environments where people can find friends, we've got to love deeply, we've got to give freely, and we've got to serve cheerfully. Are you with me? If we get those three things going, it will energize the environment. It will draw people who are hungry, who are hopeless, who are hurting, and they'll find a place where there are smiles and laughter and an unexplainable joy and an unconditional love on every face they see, and it takes all of us, and I'm asking this morning, will you go all in? Will you help? create a place where people can find friends and they also need to find God how do I help with that how do I help create an environment where people find God and there's three things I want to give you on that as well real quick here's the first one pray earnestly pray earnestly there's this great story in Acts chapter 12 Peter has been thrown into prison he's been preaching the gospel he's been thrown into prison The church freaks out. They just actually killed one of the other apostles, murdered him. He became a martyr. Peter's in prison, and so the church freaks out. They all meet together in a house and start having a prayer meeting. And they start praying for Peter, who's in prison. Everything looks bad. Look at Acts chapter 12, verse 5. But while Peter was in prison, the church prayed very earnestly for him. Can I tell you, when there is a crisis or a mess going on in your life, you want the church praying earnestly for you. You know how that story ends? They're praying. An angel shows up at the prison, says, hey, Peter, get up, man. We got to go. They walk out right in front of everyone, the prison guard and all of them. The gate to the prison opens on its own. No electricity in those days, guys. They walk out. The Bible says he's walking down the street. The angel disappears, and suddenly he realizes what's happened, that he's been in a miracle and been delivered from prison. So he decides to go to the house where he knows all the Christians are, and he shows up and knocks on the door of the house where they're having a prayer meeting for him to get out of prison. What? A lady named Rhoda answers the door. She looks through the hole, sees that it's Peter. She's so excited and freaked out she doesn't let him in she runs back to tell peter's here they're like you're crazy peter's still standing outside the door (laughs) you can't make this stuff up man it's in the bible they let peter in he's a part of this great miracle listen when the church prays earnestly miracles happen i don't know how else to say it i don't know how i can make it any plainer and here you want to hear something crazy if you don't get goosebumps after this Check your pulse. I'm studying for this message. I'm at this point in my notes, and I'm thinking, God, it'd be awesome if there was just like some some story, some example, even in our church right now, where praying earnestly led to a miracle for someone. Now, what you don't know is several weeks ago, I got a Facebook message from someone who said, Would you pray for me and get a few other people praying for me? I have a history of cancer in my family, and they just found a couple of masses. I'm going in right after Christmas to to find out if I have breast cancer. They're growing rapidly. It's painful. I need prayer. And, I man, I just, I went to God. I'm not like a super 
I don't just pray like for hours, but just every time it would come to my mind, God, would you show up? Would you do a miracle here? And I know several other people, that same lady, Bonnie, that we talked to, she prays like ridiculous numbers of hours every day for all the needs that come in at our church. Every prayer request ends up with her. And so I'm praying for this. I know several other people on the lead team, they're praying for this. And so literally at this moment, studying in my notes, I'm going, God, it'd be awesome if there was just a story of how praying, the church praying earnestly for a need turned into a miracle. And I, all of a sudden on my Facebook, I get the a notification comes up. So I click over to that tab on my computer. It's a message from this girl with two words. You ready? No cancer. Come on, somebody. When stuff's falling apart, you want the church praying earnestly for you. And that means we got to people who pray earnestly for each other. we got to do it. It changes things. Miracles happen. That's why we're going to spend 21 days in prayer and fasting, because we want to be a place where the unexplainable stuff happens in people's lives. Now, I'm t- I, there, there's a school of thought out there that says all these miracles and stuff were just for Bible times. They don't happen today. Fooey on that, man. They happen all the time. Some of you need a miracle today. We're going to pray earnestly for you. Here's the second thing we've got to do if we want people to find God. We've got to live righteously. Live righteously. Mike, you mean I have to be perfect? Nope. Nope, that's not what living righteously means. In fact, if I had to say what living righteously really would mean for us, it would mean just a commitment to living a spirit-led life. Letting the Holy Spirit constantly work on the stuff that's going on in you. Living righteously doesn't mean that you have to be perfect, but it might mean you have to stop making excuses every time the Holy Spirit points out an area of your life that he's trying to perfect. That's how we live righteously. We open ourselves up to the Holy Spirit correcting us and teaching us and making us more like Jesus every day of your lives. Come on, are you with me? That's good teaching. I don't care if you think so or not. Galatians 5.16 says, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Living righteously is really about understanding which craving you're going to respond to. Live righteously. Here's the last one. If we're going to be an environment where people can find God, worship passionately. Worship passionately. Worship passionately I mean like just when we worship together corporately just go for it man you know you know how you get there you know how you get to the place where you can worship passionately in a corporate environment is you you're somebody who worships passionately when it's just you and Jesus it's it's genuine and it's authentic between you and him look at Hebrews 12:28 reading the message version here cuz I just like the way it articulates this the scripture do you see what we've got an unshakable kingdom and do you see how thankful we must be not only thankful but brimming with worship deeply reverent before God you'll see miracles happen pray earnestly live righteously but I don't think there's anything that sets the stage for God to show up and do stuff, especially in a church setting, better than people who passionately worship. I mean, you want to see the Word of God really get through to people's hearts? You know, you, you know why I don't preach first and then we sing? 
Because people's hearts wouldn't be ready. Not ready to listen to this. It's hard enough. Right? We get, so we bring the pre, we invite the presence of God first to get people's hearts in a place where his word can come in and do some stuff, change some stuff. When we come into this house, when we come into this movie theater and the music starts, man, I, I hope that there's something inside of you that makes you, you want to be, maybe you want to even be here a little. What if? What if this was that church where people were like here a little bit early anticipating what God was going to do during worship? I mean, what if next week, man, as we start prayer and fasting, before the countdown's even on the screen, there's people who are sitting here, they're on the edge of their seat, and they just can't wait to get into God's presence because there's an anticipation that if we worship passionately, He's going to show up and do stuff that we would have never been able to explain on our own. What if? What if that could happen? We should sing at the top of our lungs, clap, shout, dance a little bit if you want to. Y'all, y'all know I grew up charismatic. We had the, you can do the, if you're a charismatic, you can do the charismatic jig. Nobody will say anything to, the only rules here are no tambourines. That's, that's the only, that's the only rule. If you want to play an instrument, you've got to audition to play it on the stage. And we don't have a tambourine position, sorry. I'm, we did, man. We, Jehovah Jireh, my provider. We, we did that in my church growing up. And then somebody got really creative with another verse. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. That was a song we sang. You programmed that one on the pad, Kevin? <laughs> Next Sunday. I'm, I, listen, I'm not trying to poke fun at, at the things of the past. I'm just, I'm just, but there was... In that environment, there was a freedom that I think sometimes is lost nowadays. So I'm, I'm just telling you, when you come into True Life Church and you worship, as long as you're not drawing attention to yourself instead of to our Creator, you can go for it. You can sing as loud as you want, because we can turn it up louder than you. You can clap as loud as you want. You, you can shout if you want to. You can dance if you want to. Let's worship passionately and create an environment where God's presence shows up. And fills the room. Come on, are you with me this morning? Come on, are you ready? Fine. 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 One more time. Fine. 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 One more time. Fine. 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 That's who we are, everybody. That's what this place is about. That's the mission.